That's a groovy button. What does it say? We have the knowledge, evil though it be, to twist the mind to any lunacy we wish through this electro thought machine. I'll brainwash them, and they'll brainwash. Any of you out there can figure out what this is all about, you let me know, okay? And with that leering, I don't know what exactly to call that introduction, sir. We welcome me. We welcome you to the 24th, 24th, two dozenth episode of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast. I am Brian Auger, also known as Alan Williams. And I guess that makes me Julie Driscoll. Also known as Al Bigley. Yeah, with well, that hairline, you probably... Yeah, you... Yeah. <laughs> just about another month's worth of growth, I'll look just like her. That's right. Well. I conjure thee. Uh, please, no, please. Uh, I'm yeah. having nightmares about that. Yeah. In, in case you haven't figured it out yet, <laughs> our topic for discussion today, in a little while, is going to be the final Monkeys Group Project... 33 and a third revolutions per monkey, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Don't remind me, Sonny. It's amazing. I'm telling you, has, has it been that long since it, since that god awful special ad? Those kids, I was I was trying to tune into the Ruth Buzzy and then the Artie Johnson, and I see uh, psychedelic uh, nonsense with long hair and oh, don't get me started. All right, so. How have you been, pal of mine? It's been a while since we've actually gotten together to do one of these. I'm good. I've had, uh, let me see, the flu and more allergy-related symptoms than I can shake a stick at, but I'm bouncing back. Well, you know what they say. The only way to flee the flu is to flee. That's easy for you to say. That's right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That's, but, that's Bud and Lou. So, so it's April uh, something. Uh, actually, no, no it's, it's, May it's Macy. I'm behind the times, man. I lost like three weeks with this thing. You're behind the time. You'll always be behind the times. So, well, actually, you've been up to your eyeballs in Captain America costumes lately. And actually, it's 50 years almost since the broadcast of 30, 33 and a third, he said. I'm so Thor. That's funny. You don't look as guardian to me. <laughs> I'm mighty Thor. <laughs> well, don't work out so hard next time. Speaking of that, quick sidebar. Have you seen the movie? Oh, two times now? Uh, I've seen Shazam three times. Uh-huh, really? I recommend Shazam highly. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm warming up to the idea. I haven't seen it yet, although with the no-spoiler, I actually did go to Wikipedia and read the synopsis. Oh, so it's like, why would you do that? Because <laughs> I didn't want to pay 12 bucks to oh, go see it but yet. But you ruined the fun that you're going to have when you, when you see it. In our day, the big thing was um, avoiding the novel. Mm-hmm. Those were books that were written, novelizations of the movie. The only way you could take a movie home with you back then. Yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird didn't really translate from the book to the screen. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, that's To Kill a Mockingbird. I'm sorry. I'm still waiting for the uh, novelization of Head, so maybe I can make some sense of it. I do have the script. <laughs> I've got the script at home, and I still don't know what it's about. Well, you know, if, if Mickey ever figures it out, hopefully he'll <laughs> share it with everybody. So, But uh, it's been a while. We realize that coming up, Along with our discussion of 33 and a third revolutions per monkey, we have the second part of our wonderful interview with an amazing and enchanting young woman. And I say young because she's still... Julie Driscoll? No, that's Annie Lennox. I'm oh. sorry. Oh, yeah. No, that was our, the 60s Annie Lennox. Our good friend, uh, Valerie Kiras-Vinay. That's right. Part two's coming up. You don't want to miss it. Lots of great stories. 
So, ah, let's see, should we just go ahead and get this out the way before, oh, by the way, before we get, since we're talking about 33 and a third revolutions per monkey, you have an, a very interesting remix to present as well. Yes, later on I'll be presenting my remix from a few years ago of The Only Thing That I Believe Is True. That's what it's called, correct? It is, because you can't say Naked Persimmon on a podcast. No, that's right, Naked Persimmon. Mike, not only did he give songs titles in which the title would never appear in the lyrics of the song, he would give some songs multiple titles, making it even tougher to remember what's the right title. Well, actually, there was a dis- speaking of there was a discussion on one of the other group pages recently about Carlisle Wheeling, a.k.a. Conversations. I, actually, I think it was on the Mike Nesmith a Video Ranch 3D discussion group. I don't right. think you're a part of that. So, And it doesn't help that, what, Rhino mixed up Michigan Blackhawk with a different song years ago? Yeah. In the titling on one of the Missing Links uh, offerings? Yeah, was, it, was it Cripple? I don't know. It was Michigan Blackhawk and uh, one of them. Yeah, one of those similar songs from that yeah. same period, that late so. 60s period. Yep. Oh, so, my and, uh, so uh, And as a matter of fact, you know, did you see somebody... Uh, so, well, you saw the posted. Somebody posted some pictures. I guess it was from the KHJ last train to Clarksville, and people didn't realize who the DJ behind the guys were. I, I have to report to the torture chamber. It was me. Um, I knew it was a DJ, but somebody else commented and said, "Who was that?" Uh, that <coughs> un- right. <coughs> oh, sorry. down, down, wait, down. No, <coughs> they can't be a listener to our show and not know or have not seen the visual companion, which is on our blog space that shows you and tells you about some of the very things we talk about here. 321 KHJ Jets a time with a real Don Steele fake here. That's who that was in the picture. Monkeys! Yes, the picture of the real Don Steele. He was part of that early promotion. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with the guys. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. so that's all coming up later, and I'm sure that the fake real Don Steele will be making an appearance at some point. We also have another contest. Yes, we do, as a matter of fact. The goodie bag is more overflowing than ever. The more we give away, the more it seems to... Why does that goodie bag look more like a trash bag these days? Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a plastic Target bag. Come on. Oh, okay. Come on. Trash bag. Well, at least it's not a Dollar Tree bag. So. Do you see a copy of Pull It in that bag? Oh! Then it's not a trash bag. It can't no. be a trash bag. I see, a, I see a copy of the fake 45. She's moving in with Rico. Okay, it's a trash bag. <laughs> actually, you know, that came up on my... Uh, I actually have that on the exercise music playlist on Spotify, and it came up while I was walking on the treadmill the other day. I try to outrun it. That's how it keeps me in shape. <laughs> All right. Maybe the sound of my feet on the treadmill will drown this out. Uh, no. They go faster and faster. <laughs> the monkey's no. exercise plan. No, the only way you could remove it is to, go, is to be like Superman, go back in time... And then uh, kill the artist, kill the writer before he finishes it up. Hey, for those of you that saw the recent Avengers movie, spoiler, spoiler. I wonder if we could really do that. Spoiler, spoiler. I don't know. Let me call Tony Stark and see if you got an extra extra one lying around somewhere. Because, boy, if I could. Mm. <laughs> Guys, there's this album coming up in your future. Don't even think about it. No, I would go back and I would go back to right before the time of birds, bees, and the monkeys, and ha- and remove one specific, <laughs> swipe the music from, the, erase that music, that song and lyrics and music from his memory. Oh, you mean I would be writing a wrong. <laughs> oh, come on, come on! I love that song. Uh, uh, yeah. The middle's a little hard to get through, but hey. Yeah. It's like the, exercise. The, the middle's always hard, a little hard to get through. <laughs> it's like exercise. You got to just keep working through it and sweat it out and mm-hmm. get in there. Yeah. But it's a wonderful thing if you want to help it put you to sleep. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's Mickey Dolan's put you to sleep. 
Yes. Huh. That's uh, that's Monkey's Present. That's right. Ooh, no. Nah, well. There's a Wonderland right. for Allison. Yeah, but uh, no, I like the original version of Pillow Time. Uh, because it sounds like Louis Shelton's playing the guitar lick. That whole it, album's a sleep-inducing. Well, but you know, his mother his mother <laughs> wrote that song. I know. I know so all about Pillow Time. Uh, yes. Of course we do. And it's a good production. Just, it's like, guys, really? All right. All right, so... Shall we dive? We've been putting it off long enough. Should we just go ahead and dive into our discussion of that special? Very good. That special called 33 and a Third Revolutions per Monkey. Now, I'm going to stump you a little bit because I'm stumped. How did this special come about? I was looking in the fabulous Andrew Sandoval book, and of course, the monkeys are in the middle of touring in 68. Head has already been wrapped up, Head's about to premiere, and they're getting scripts from NBC that they're kind of rejecting. But Whose idea was it? Was it NBC's idea? Because the monkeys were free from Raybird at that time. In fact, Ward Sylvester would be the only Raybird participant in 33 and a third. Well, as I remember, NBC had signed the guys in, in lieu of a third season. They signed them to a contract to do three right. specials. Right. So I would. my best guess is that Ward went out and, and sought out and found Jack Good who produced the 60s American Bandstand primetime show spinoff or clone Shindig, which was very popular for two or three days. Let me ask you this. Stump time again. Why was Shindig canceled? It was canceled in 1966 to make room for for another spectacular show, a fantastic show. You you mean the Cesar Romero throw oranges at a young man? No, wait a minute. I can't go down that road. That's right. (laughs) Shindig was canceled to make way for Batman. Thank you, William Dozier. Oh, sidebar. Very interesting. Well, we're just really... Yeah, I know. It's a sidebar to a well, sidebar. You up, well, you brought up William Dozier. Yes. I actually watched a little bit of a Dick Tracy pilot that he did. It's not bad. Oh, uh, yeah. Victor Bruno oh, no. as Mr. Mind. Mr. Memory. Mr. Memory. Sorry. See, my memory's gone because I'm calling him Mr. Mind. All right. No, that's, Shaz- no, that's, that's from Shazam. Ah, oh, see, that's why that's... So we so can't say that CM word unless we say split... Or Zan. Right. Oh, wait a minute. That's, a, that's another one altogether. Sorry about yep. that. That's really for your hardcore comic that's fans. That's right. But um, Jack Good was approached this, and I I don't remember who Hang on. Let me see who... Let me see who, who wrote this. A little who more... Who writes I, this stuff? A little more about Jack Good. He was, of course, the producer of uh, Shindig, which was very much American Bandstand-like. Shindig had on a future Monkees guest star, Bobby Sherman, quite a bit. Bobby Sheeman? And... Jack Good, of course, was a British gentleman, and some people think he brought a lot of that feel, those eccentricities. 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 Some of the um, nuttiness, some of the off-kilter feel of British television, British specials, British movies, two thirty-three and a third, in a way that it was different from the kind of uh, helter-skelter feel, no pun intended, of head. Go ahead and record it over. A little bit more about Jack Good. He, of course, did bring Shindig over here and uh, sold it to ABC. Shindig was an American bandstand-like uh, variety show, and it featured Future Monkeys guest star Bobby Sherman every now and again. Or as Davey used to call him, Bobby Sheeman. Uh, that's right. And, um, of course, Jack Good was an English gentleman, and that may be part of why we have uh, that feel for 33 and the Third Revolutions, the kind of off-kilter feel it's got, different from Head even. Uh, he was bringing some of his uh, his nuttiness to it. And and he also did a few other specials that were similar that I'll tell you about when we wrap up. 
Yep, and according to this, according to IMDb, Jack Good actually wrote this. So Jack Good can be blamed for the direction it went. I mean... Well, hold on a minute. Hold on. Let's get right into it then. Now, this comes courtesy of Andrew Sandoval's famous Monkeys Day by Day book. Um, the roots of this special can be found in another project that Jack Good had mounted earlier that year in association with Screen Gems. That project was called Innocence, Anarchy, and Soul. It was described as a one-hour show divided into three phases, nostalgia, a satire sketch on present pop music, and a wild guess at the future of pop music wrapping it up. The program featured, oh yeah, Jerry Lee Lewis and Julie Driscoll, Brian Auger and the Trinity. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Now 33 and a third... Uh, Good came in and reused a lot of those scenarios and guests, merely plugging the monkeys into the script, the already existing script. So there you go. That's that explains a lot. Uh, so him writing it. So him writing it yeah. is basically him just kind of making. So he cribbing. basically just reused an old, the, the rejected script. His own work, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad we never got to see the future section of that because there's no way he probably predicted a flock of seagulls or something. Well, the like future that. was, I guess, the big listen to the band send up at the end. Mm hmm. He's actually playing this. Right. right. That was actually you. And who was holding up that sign? Well, I never saw Rip Taylor holding it up on the special. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe it's because the special I've had for many years was a fifth generation bootleg copy until recently. And and it's hard to recognize anything in a fifth generation. Yes. All right, so. I didn't even know the monkeys were in it for a few years. (laughs) You thought it was tomorrow, right? I thought it was the Marx Brothers. (laughs) They're more like the Marx Brothers. Uh, Yeah, but, uh, yeah. All right, so. What is your overall? What, what's your overall f- feeling on the special? Um, it's interesting, of course. Um, I, I wish they had blazed new ground instead of even Mickey and Peter said it. It's really head for TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike famously said, "What the axe that head grinds so brilliantly in film, this special does it in a very sloppy manner." Yeah. I'd, like most people, I wish there were more of the monkeys and not their guest stars. Davey complained it's really about the guest stars. But anything that the guys are in, I'm interested in. It's good to see them perform. Good to see them do listen to the band. Of course, if I had my druthers, let's just make a 90-minute special of them live. Live mm-hmm. in a studio, live in concert. Make it a 90-minute version of Monkeys on Tour. We got concert bits. The guys got to speak about their lives. We got to see them at home a bit. And do that. Yeah, I would have seen something like similar to what the Beatles did with All You Need Is Love. That would have been something to, to see them oh, try. Yeah. So, but yeah. you like it or not? I do. In a sense, I like the movie Head, too. But only because a group that I'm interested in is in it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I, I can't look at these things critically or I can't view what was trying to be said. Of course I can. Uh, I can view them in the context of the times. But are they things I go to a lot and look at a lot? No. I don't seek them out. I guess their curiosity is because this group I like is involved with them and, and is the focal point of them. Well, it was the Holy Grail for, before we got to the information age. It was the Holy Grail because it was only broadcast once. Mm-hmm. At least Head was broadcast in CBS in the, in the mid-70s. But And by the time of the reunion... HBO was showing Head like at 1 a.m. every now and again because I had yeah. friends in college telling me, oh, yeah, that group you like, I, this summer I saw them. At, yep. they, they made this weird movie. It was on 2 a.m. This is like 1984 and 5. But, yeah, nobody had ever seen 33 and a third except mm-hmm. for that one dismal night. But this, to me, the best I can give it is a meh. 
it's not the way I wanted to see them go out, like you said. I yeah. mean, but one, we can talk about the good, we can talk about the bad, and we can talk about the ugly on this. And I'm not talking about the Clint Eastwood movie. The but. good, Jack Good. Hey, <laughs> 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 but um, you can tell watching this that the guys are just fed up with it. It's like that picture. I got a feel the in Lefkowitz's book where. Uh, they're all four sitting at a dais. I have a feeling it's like the Australian, the end of the Australian or the Japan, oh, yeah. Japan tour. And Mickey's captions, we didn't give a shit by that point. We were just ready to be over with. So, right. as you can tell. Now, early on, 16 Magazine, reporting on the upcoming special, said, uh, quote, The television special would be about a man who manages singing groups, but the groups always desert him when they get successful. So he makes four puppets and teaches them how to sing. The story is supposed to take place in England about 100 years ago, unquote. Now, that's not quite what we got. <laughs> no, but you can see the Darwinism, yeah. you know, the, the, Darwinism is, is, the Darwinism comparisons or the uh, mirror images kind of thing. So. I don't believe it. But, so, in other words, you're telling me that this originally started out to be a, uh, the banana splits 100 years ago. Uh, I guess, <laughs> I, I guess. I don't... Yeah, I can always see Davy as snarky, but, you know. Well, on my blog, my big Lee blog, there's that clipping from a teen magazine of the late 60s where some, it's obviously a young person, and their, their playground uh, rumor back then was that the banana splits, splits, the banana splits were the monkeys in gorilla suits. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, have you seen, you've seen the pictures that are floating around recently of the actors in the banana splits costumes without part of their costumes on, yes. which is very interesting. So, yes. Um... There are some things to like about this. There are some things that make me scratch my head and go, what in the blue hell yeah. was Jack Good thinking? Yeah. And, and to me, Davey's right. It was about the guest stars, and I'll get into that in a minute. So tell me a couple of the things that you liked about it, the good things about it. I like most of the live performances. Live, you know, in quotes, meaning uh, Mickey with his uh, I'm a Believer duet. Mm-hmm. All of it. Peter... Now, mm-hmm. Davy's stuff, again, they're trying to really push the, the cute teen idol thing. Mm-hmm. Even, though, even as they make fun of it, they're trying to push it a little too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, a big highlight is Mike with Naked Persimmon, that split screen mm-hmm. little uh, sketch. Well, the devil incarnate was running music supervision. Um, and then to me, there's like a big gap until the end where we have the big uh, live sing along of Listen to the Band. And of course, it's so weird to say that because you have some of Rock's greatest talents in the middle there performing medleys and uh, and whatnot, but um, it's very disjointed. It really is. But I think all that stuff, and again, I'm a big Mike fan, so of course I'm going to like the Listen to the Band segment and Naked Persimmon. Well, if I remember correctly, that was also the debut of the nudie suit. Right. It was the first time we ever saw that, and because I, I looked at that cowboy hat and went, damn, I want one of those. Oh, yes. But yes. For me, I'd have to say Naked Persimmon probably is the highlight, even though I didn't understand the song yeah. for a long time. But um, I also liked, for the most part, Mickey's soul version of I'm a Believer, with one minor, one major exception. What's that? Julie Driscoll ruined it. Well, I'm a believer! I thought Peter did a, a very good job on Prithee. I'm a believer, um, yeah, 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 yeah! Um, the Goldilocks. Uh, see, I'm trying to stay positive. I love the Solfajetto. I couldn't leave her. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. The uh, the Solfajetto that Peter played. I right beg before. your pardon. Can yeah. we say that? Yes, we can. 
the uh, I just the, had that for dinner yesterday. And, and it's great with uh, with uh, Newman's Saccharini spaghetti. Sauce. Yeah, and a little bit of gelatin. But that but that sausage by uh, Chris, uh, CPE Bach. I like that. P- if you go back to exit twenty, uh, exit episode twenty two. We open with that montage of the Salfagetto with the uh, two-part invention in F. And I've always preferred the Salfagetto over the two-part invention because it, it, it shows Peter's talents off a little bit better, I think. You didn't expect the podcast to become so refined and so genteel, did you, gentle listener? Well, it's easy for you to say, that's easy for you to say, mate. You're the one that's always... Never mind. But um, I love listening to the band until... The jam session broke yeah, out. Yeah. I didn't need to hear Buddy Miles. I didn't need to hear Brian Og. Uh, I'm, 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 yeah, it I'm, gets a little like. Can we just get back to the monkeys, or at least yeah. them with like maybe eight more musicians and not three hundred more musicians? No, just now, let them play the damn song on their own. Right, and then maybe have them have, have a bass the players come in. Have, have a bass player. Right. And that's it. But now, recently, this has all gotten uh, released officially on the Blu-ray set, if I'm not mistaken, and I think mm. they've got the full. What twelve minute jam on there? And yeah. Now some of that has pieces where I'm like, you should have kept this in because some of those are more melodic, more keeping with the song. I'm like, I would have cut that and put this in. Mm-hmm. But anyway, well, you know, um, again, getting back to the famous Andrew Sandoval book, the Monkees first got the script for this in November of '68. Um, they're just off the road from uh, the Australian tour, and they deemed it quote too sloppy and fairy tale like unquote. And apparently they were supposed to direct it, and it was at that point they, they dropped plans to direct the thing. And from what we read, they sent the script back several times, unsatisfied with it. Well, it's a mishmash. I mean, for, yeah. it's a retread. And did anybody not say, again, they're done with head, did anyone not say, again, this is the same... I know they had input in the theme, because mm-hmm. they were all about saying, folks, we know we're manufactured, you know we're manufactured, let's all have fun with that, but... It's like, guys, come on, move on. But how? I wonder how involved they were with actually drafting the script. It sounds like, again, other people no. wrote it, yeah, and they just approved it, or in this it, case, not. It was basically Jack Good and Art Fisher, the guy who directed it. Right. But, no, I mean, it, it, it's almost like, Mickey, go back to Mickey's quote, we didn't give a shit anymore. Probably. We really didn't. Yeah. So they just went through, and you can watch, they're just going through the motions a yeah. lot of it. Um, but um, I just, there's... I'm, I'm trying to see the good in it. I really am. Jack Good? Yeah. But, um, I mean, this this thing was almost doomed from the start, right. to be perfectly honest with you. you know? The strike? Yeah. It, yeah, the, the, yeah, and it, the strike at NBC, you know, forced them to, to not be, they, they basically videotaped the rehearsal. Right. And, they had and that's a, what they showed. And they had to scramble and put up sets at a different studio. Yeah. And, Directed from outside sources, and then of course NBC in their infinite wisdom dumped it on dumped it uh, opposite the Oscars. Who was it? Mike said that famous quote. I, I was at home watching the Oscars because uh, I'd already seen this. I'd already seen this one, but yeah. I watched the Oscars like everyone else. That, that Dustin Hoffman, he's darn good. He's going to go places. That's right. Now, of course, a few, a few younger people. The title is a play on thirty-three and a third revolutions per minute. Which is how the record, the LPs used to, like the, the long players would revolve at that speed, as um, opposed to 45 revolutions. Uh, beg your pardon, yeah. Mr. Old Man, sir. Yeah. Uh, 
they do have vinyl nowadays. They do have turntables. The damn the hipsters are out there. <laughs> that one kid tried to get my collection from me. I said, no. No, you're not, you're not going to get it. But, all right, so... All right, we've tried, we've tried to see the good. Is there anything else good you want to say about it? That's pretty much it. Now, um, I think, you know, we got to remember variety oh, shows. Wait. Yes, I'm yes. Sorry, we forgot Wind Up Man. Wind Up Man is an interesting song. I just don't, like the, I just don't like the video. I don't need the presentation. No. I don't like any of this. Like, Davey has two or three sketches where he comes out in the, the Lord Fauntleroy outfits. And, yeah, it's like... You know, I we mean, know he, he's a cute monkey, and we know he's bashing that uh, that persona, but, you know, imagine tuning in, and there's Davey, you know, dancing with Cinderella. Goldie Locks, and doesn't that seem to go on for, like, a, way too long. a minute longer than it should be? It's, yeah. All right, uh, uh, shall we go to the bad? Let's go to the bad. How much time we got? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, here's an interesting thing about Jack Good. He died fairly recently in 2017. Yep. So he hung in there. Yeah. Uh, and so we go from the good to the good's bad. All right. So right. You want to go first? Again, they're they're plowing the same fields that they they plowed in head. They, uh, you know, and and you know a little bit of that goes a long way because like we talked about with the Batman TV show, the trick to that was not winking at your audience. Mm-hmm. The minute you start going, we know that you know that we know. There's only so far you can get with that, so much mileage you can get with that. And then it all just falls flat like a tire is going over right. a nail. The songs are great. It just seems like everyone's just trying so hard, and it goes on a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. And it tries a little bit hard to be psychedelic when you can say, well, aren't the monkeys, weren't they psychedelic? Well, there's... But really, if you think about it, they sort of weren't, and they were about to embark on more of a country-western thing once they become a trio. Yep. And it just seems everything seems so forced throughout the whole special. Like it, you know, like you're it, watching a school play, and they're trying to be a Broadway play. Mm-hmm. And you and you want to go just be a school play. That's fine. You know what it kind of reminds me of going back to the comics world. It reminds me a little bit just of a one shot comic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um, was it the one I picked up recently? Stanley meets Doctor Strange or something yeah. like that. It's like yeah. you read the story and go, huh? But it's, it's like you know, you, meant to be its own thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I know they were smoking hash at Ojai when they when they uh, they put together Head. But I don't know what the hell Jack Good was on when he wrote this. One thing I do want to mention I liked about it, and this continues from Head a bit, is Peter is given much more to do. Mm-hmm. Just like in Head, he's got two songs. He sings one. Here he's got you know. That he's got the uh, the ending California here here it comes he's got uh, the solfeggio yes uh, for you to say and he participates and listen to the band and he's got the bass version on Little Darling My Darling yes. I need you and we'll get to that in a minute but um, that's my that's my version of doo-wop. I don't know Little Darling so um some interesting tidbits they went right into production on this in in October of '68 right off the road right back from Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, where they had a great tour, by the way. I mean, right. that's where Peter, was it Osaka, Peter walked up to Davey and said, we're going to form a group. And if you haven't heard those bootleg tapes, I can't imagine you haven't, but a tighter group you will never hear. And that's another reason to be sad they didn't go on as the group that Peter always wanted them to be, just a recording group. Well, that's a discussion we need to have right. for another time right. because of the fact that, you know, it, Peter just kept consistently getting disappointed. So yes. it's like, and... 
you, you could see at certain points certain individuals exerting all their influence and taking control and, and it's, all right Peter go do your own thing if that gives you a hint right but and Peter just wanted to be a musician in a band mm-hmm. whether it's this one or any other one at um, least <laughs> now well he tried um now, of course, everyone knows this is the special where Peter gave notice, mm-hmm. and the guys very famously gave him a gold watch that said, good luck from the Peter guys down work. at work. And they spent six bucks on it. Now, Peter, for the longest time, said he held on to that watch. I bet mm-hmm. he had it to the end. I want to know why they made him shave off, shave off the walrus mustache. Because it I, wasn't the I, monkey's look. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I did too. But, you know, even for a head, he shaved to, to, mm-hmm. for the live circle sky yeah. and all that. Um, now we know there are three more specials planned. It would have been interesting. No, no, two more. Oh, two, two more. Yeah. Yes, two of this was one of three. Mm-hmm. Would have been interesting to see where they would have gone. Now, of course, we had laugh in by that time. This preempted laugh in for that night. Mm-hmm. So the idea of a wild, raucous kind of a variety show was there. And getting back to the variety show format, they were big back then with the Andy Williams show, Carol Burnett, Dean Martin, Hollywood Palace. What would happen though was they would have sort of a revival in the 70s with kind of the pop shows of Sonny and Cher show and who didn't have a variety show? The Brady Bunch. The Hudson uh, Brothers. Uh, everybody. Captain Neil for a while had a variety <laughs> show. Donnie and Marie most famous. <laughs> so in a way this predated what we would see with that 70s variety show. T- Tony Orlando. God, who didn't have a? I think I had one for five minutes back then. Yeah. Um, they wanted me to. They wanted me to replace Mike Lookinland in the in the Brady Bunch hour, but I told them no. Well, they had fake Jan, so why not fake Peter, fake Bobby? Fake, yeah. Well, I can't hey, keep I, my Brady. I like straight. Jerry Rochelle. Jerry Rochelle is a member of our group. She is. I better watch it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we love you, Jerry. Yes. Um. So in a way, this was ahead of its time for that kind of rock and roll variety mm-hmm. show. Let, now let's think about that. Now Dean Martin was a singer. And mm-hmm. yes, Shindig and Bandstand were a variety shows. Hullabaloo. Did one group have yet a variety show formed around them? The Hudson Brothers did. That but was that, later. That was, but that was a Saturday morning. No, that was a Saturday morning. Was a Saturday morning. At, at that time? No. Um, no, happening, wait. Wait. Ha- happening with Paul Revere and the Raiders, right, but that also true. was mm-hmm. as afterwards. Yeah, that's true. We just had to wave the waitress off. So. I was trying <laughs> to invite her in, but she oh, went okay. away. Um, uh-huh. But as far as a group having... Yeah, I think you're right. I think it, 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 we have to give to happening, which the monkeys did a guest appearance on. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. But I don't think of any. There's no other rock group. It was more individual performers. It right. was Andy Williams, Carol Burnett, the the, uh, the Hollywood Palace, which was which was very popular in the mid '60s. Right. Um, so this really did predate that whole mm-hmm. rock and roll performance. Even the, in the Jackson, 70s. even the Jackson Five had had one. Yep. The 70s. Believe me, folks, everybody had a variety show in the 70s. Yeah, all except Al and I. We, red buttons, we never got a, we never got a variety show. Hmm. This, of course, sadly, was the last full concert effort by all four. Mm-hmm. Listen to the band, that segment, until yep. 1986, when Mike walked on the stage at the, the Greek, Greek Theater. Theater. Yep. The last televised performance with all four, meaning in this kind of uh, presentation until the 1997 TV special TV special a lizard sunning himself on a rock absolutely I felt like a lizard sunning himself on a rock when no, the, no they, they performed that one night show in Antarctica oh, <laughs> and I couldn't get tickets I couldn't get tickets it was too cold well that's it I got my special sweatshirt on here yeah. now here we go we know that Head got its own LP. I mean, people forget that's considered mm-hmm. one of the original LPs. Yep. Why didn't this get an LP? They recorded just as much. 
more actually. Why put all the effort into instant replay? Because because screen. Uh, I think this fell so flat that they thought there would be zero, less than zero market for hmm. it. And at the time, they were probably right. They had no idea that we would be ravenous for this in, uh, right. in, in, in the new millennium, as it were. In but, the coming decades, yeah. But, but uh, it's, it's interesting how, because think about it, this would have been, now maybe they didn't want to follow up one soundtrack with another soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But they could have said, you know, music from the special, Don't Miss Monkeys, you know, mm-hmm. April special on NBC. The, you know what they should have done? They should have made it a, dual, a double album. The monkeys on the monkeys on the big screen. The monkeys on the little screen. Or why not instead of instant replay picking so much from the vaults, include either stuff from the vaults and the thirty-three songs, or the thirty-three songs and whatever new stuff we did get on. Wasn't that instant but replay? Didn't they put that on the uh, the the special edition? Oh yeah, a lot uh, of this stuff on, yeah, okay, on yeah, the so recent the, special. Uh, yeah, edition. the recent special editions that Andrew's done, the the instant replay. Yeah, but, but I'm talking about back then. Like, oh, I understand. Like, no, all this picking and choosing when you've got this whole barrel, no pun intended, of new music. But, it, right but here. at that point, didn't the guys have total creative control? So I'm this may have been outside of the purview. Not yeah. so much that, but I, I don't think they were. I think they were so dis dis disenfranchised yeah. with, and disen, uh, disenchanted with this the special. distance was starting to be yeah and felt. it was just you know they did, there wasn't anything good enough because even after what instant replay isn't that when the break was made because isn't like Someday Man and D.W. Washburn yeah like some of them are like they don't even have screen gem copyrights or yeah I'm getting that's further down the road but yeah anyway we're getting off on that we're getting off on exit number or whatever yeah alright so alright anything else <laughs> bad that you didn't like I think that's it. Like it's got like most of these this period of monkey stuff, like head, like the the album releases. There's there's the good stuff is really good, the bad stuff is really bad. Um, you know, to me, I'm just speaking for me. No letters, please. Um, and that's really it, I guess. I've got one final quote when we're done from Davey. I want to read, but you go ahead. But and and I will say one other cool thing. Mm-hmm. Where else are you ever going to see? Fats Domino, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Little Richard stacked on piano, on piano, on piano until they got to the top rung of the cake, which I will get into momentarily. Oh, now I want cake. Yeah. But um, that was another cool thing. Yes. And you know, see, we come from it from the monkey's angle. You know out there, like for example, we... I have bootleg copies of uh, the monkeys on the Paul Revere and the Raider yeah. happening. Happening, yeah. I've got them, you know, guest starring on Laugh In. Got the Glenn Campbell stuff, right? Yeah. You know, there are Glenn Campbell fans mm-hmm. and Jerry Lee Lewis fans that get these monkeys things just because they're they fans of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they're like, "Hey, my favorite performers on this monkeys thing," where we're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, the monkeys were on this show." Yeah. So it's interesting. Rock around the sock, around the sock, sock, clock, clock. Oh, that was the big hit from 1947. That's right. The big, big sound. Now, here's how I first saw this special. Um, in 1989, back when we all traded with other collectors in the back pages of Monkey Business Fanzine, not when all this stuff was on YouTube, because there wasn't even a YouTube yet. That's right. I got a fifth-generation copy with commercials. Diabolical, they used to call it. <laughs> with commercials. Yeah. And that made for an interesting viewing experience. And it's weird to think as... Strange as it was to sit there as a 23-year-old person watching this this dated broadcast, it was only 20 years old at the time. Yeah. That'd be like me watching something now from, what, 1999? Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Boy Meets World. <sighs> no, I'm sorry. 
with that group that was going to be bigger than the Beatles. Yeah. Um, so it was weird, like watching it in that context and realizing it's now been 30 years mm-hmm. since I watched the 20-year-old bootleg copy I got after being a fan for you know since the early 70s. Well, the, the, the strange thing about the, the, the diabolical quality of the footage, mm-hmm. I thought Julie Driscoll was scary in that fifth generation. As she vibrated then I saw all her, over then, the... then I saw her face on the DVD, and it made it even worse. You saw my face. Yeah. I'm a all right. Okay. Okay. Now, where do I begin to tell the story of just how bad this stuff was? Okay. All right. The first thing... I didn't get into, there was way too much Brian Auger in the Trinity for me. Yeah. Way too much. Way too much Julie Driscoll. Hold on, let me read a quote about that. Yeah, yeah go Again, ahead. You go ahead and read. This is about, this is what you're talking about from Andrew's book. When they approached Brian Auger and the Trinity, he said, quote, the premise of the program was that we would grab any four guys off the street, didn't matter who they were, we'd brainwash them into becoming rock and roll stars. Now, Jack Good explained this to me, and I said, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? To say we grabbed just anybody off the street and we're going to make them rock stars? Aren't the monkeys going to go, wait a minute, this is a little rough on us. And he said, no, no, these guys are great. They love the idea. And um, Brian said, yes, once we met the monkeys, they were great to work with and love the idea. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was presented to, to him and Julie and the Trinity that you're not going to be so much the stars as the frame around the thing. You'll, yeah, you'll be, the, you'll be the narrators, as it were. And you got to admit, they certainly said, hey, we're not a big, well-known group on the level of the monkeys. This will be great exposure. Yep. Uh, first off, the costumes. I didn't. I was like, "What in the hell is she wearing?" Was Jack Kirby the uh, costume designer? Yeah, really. Name? I mean, it's like they took a seven. They took the. They took the costume. Well, no, they took a 17th-century Victorian costume. Tablecloth. Tablecloth. <laughs> uh, morphed it. Uh, melded it with something from Area 51 in Roswell. And it's like, and then filtered it through your local high school production of Macbeth. Yeah, and she looked like something that was a reject on the Star Trek cutting room floor. Third season, even. Yeah, no kidding. And it's like, yeah. And then, but the first when I saw her clearly, the first thing I thought of was Annie Lennox. Yeah. Because that's exactly what she was at that point. She was she was a blues singer in the Janis Joplin mode. Silly boys. Yeah, and it's like, but it's like it was. Yeah. Why? Seriously. Why? Just go do your own thing. I conjure <laughs> thee! And it's like... And on the bootleg, it's like, it's, that, that is more shrill. Number on the colors. Number on the, the, the blazing, vibrating visuals. That the had fuchsia, all, man. The fuchsia. That had all the, the colors, man. <laughs> that had all... There she goes again. That had all, all the, um, the sound kind of bled in the front and back. So you yeah. kind of heard her before she starts that screech here after. And it's just... Oh yeah, that that it's like the video has a has a second and a half delay for the audience. I hate when that happens because it's like. And this used to happen on our cassettes and eight tracks a lot. Oh yeah, you hear the song coming, so to speak. And the, uh, I wasn't really big into the Keith Emerson big heavy key, uh, Keith uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yes, that kind of heavy keyboard. Yeah, so I mean, much keyboard. Yeah, no, it's like. Oh, and it just kind of. Because it was almost like a pipe organ. I, yeah, that's the one yeah. thing. I, I another thing I don't right. like about cathedrals. The pipe organs are just overwhelming. Overwhelming, and it's like, okay, this is starting out pretty good. And then of course, Skillethead comes out wearing the pot, wearing the the, the, the tablecloth. And He's trying like, to outdo Julie. Yeah, no kidding. The but, Battle of the Ponchos, sixty nine, nine, nine. But it's like, 
I just being a nine-year-old, being being a fan, this was not. I, I did not understanding it then as I did now. This was not my group. Right. This was not the four guys I fell in love with, even up through uh, before you get the head. And just a few months late earlier, you were watching the group you knew. Because the show was being rerun even after it was yeah. officially canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're like, what is this? I'm sure a lot of people felt that yeah. way. And then it's like, then you get into, you get into Mickey's I'm a Believer, which was fantastic until she stuck her nose in it. Now, I'm sure that when she sang, but you got to remember the music at that time was all psychedelia. I mean, it was... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But you had people like Stevie Wonder and those kind of folks coming in with yeah. the rhythm and blues thing, which yeah. gets a big uh, representation here in the special. Absolutely. But it, <laughs> it, but it's like psychedelic blue R&B, and I'm going, as in, but yeah. yeah, I liked Mickey. I love, yeah, we get into the fun stuff. You know, as I said, Wind Up Man, and from there it went downhill. And yes, um, guys, for Wind Up Man, we get it. You're manufactured. We, uh, we get it. Let's move to on. be entertaining. Hit us over the head one more time. Yeah, and it's like, but then you get to the, then you get to the, was it before? Wait a minute, I'm looking at it. Okay, never mind. I'm getting to that point. So, I go ape. You know what? I, I cringe I, when I hear that. I like that song, but I don't like the visual the, the that goes visual. with it. Like, why are the guys stuck in ape outfits swinging back and forth like well again like the banana splits and you gotta wonder did somebody see this and go hey now wait the banana splits premiered that fall so I think yeah. that's not enough time to mount such a production but the um then it goes to the 50s montage you know the idolized plasticized psychoanalyzed and serialized the monkeys and it's like really? <laughs> you know I always like Little Darling, but that, you know, they're all just, they're overdoing it. I mean, they're just really just camping it up. Again, it's like a high school presentation. Yeah. It's like a high school presentation of Greece. Right. Where they're going together like, baby, baby. But they're trying too hard. Look, we're 50s. Look. Yeah, really. Everything's 50s. Every movement, every every article of clothing. But I don't think, we know Peter was featured, David was featured, Mickey was featured. I don't think Nez was actually... Nez was, wasn't actually featured in one of those songs. I don't think so. Yeah. You know, well, no, he said... Shake a tail feather. Yeah, shake a tail feather. Let me see you shake your tail feather. Yeah, Let me see you shake it, darling. Yeah. Now, so. you know what I like, too, about getting back to Mike's uh, Naked Persimmon performance? Doesn't that come off almost like the show just stops? And I know there's elements of rock and, and psychedelic leanings in that song, but doesn't it come off more like, this is just what I do, folks. Yeah. There's going to be country. For a while. I'll just play. And that's what I liked about Mike. Was the fact that he just would say, this is, hey. This is who I am. And country was not popular then, folks. It was not a mainstream crossover thing. No. uh, When Mike was doing any of this country stuff back then. (laughs) No. And this was was the precursor of what was to come after he broke, after he left. But then you got that, you shift, the 50s segment is great. And then they go into the, the dim bones with the people in the black skeleton I have to expect them to do the Benny Hill thing when they start taking the bones off. Right, you know the I mean? old shtick. Yeah. And we forgot the, the dancing troupe, mm-hmm. which, again, it's like it's like a high school version of Hell's a Poppin' or something, where there's a variety of... And now, here comes the guy 40s, that uh, juggles or, the flaming hoop. <laughs> it's like... Well, no, did, okay. Did you ever see... And I'm sure you haven't, because yeah. I know... Did you ever see the sequel to Saturday Night Fever called Staying Alive? I've heard about it. I remember when it was out. Yeah, that, the big dance thing at the very end of the show, the finale, and it's like... 
you, you hear the drum beat and you see the volcano superimposed in the background. They're sitting there going, what the yeah. bleep is this? Yeah. This is not uh, the guy at the disco in the uh, white shirt and the, uh, the big platform shoes. We've gotten away from that. And then, of course, Brian and Julie come out and oh, we wanted them, uh, this brainwashing has gone completely out of hand and we're just going to give them freedom and everything. Utter bloody shambles. It's like, yeah. And then you get string for my kite, which is, eh. and then you've got the sulfajetta, then you've got, like, say, this, this opportunity for them to go out on a high note. Right. And then, well, as, as the story goes, because they had to shoot this on a different site because of the strike, they just started grabbing in hippies off the off the street and bringing them in there, offering them five bucks a pop to come in and hang and out. And Rip Taylor. And Rip Taylor. But right, you know, and it's just. I know it, it could have been so much more. And again, I recommend the more recent, longer cut mm-hmm. of that on the. It would have been. Let, let them do. Let them do. Listen to the band. Let them do Salesman or something. Let them do. Let me do two or three songs to end it. As a group. Or let them do listen to the band, and the other people only come in at that big finale where yeah. on the LP we hear the audience clapping, yeah. the can. Yeah, and then let the Yeah, the, so. But yeah, see, it's a good scent buses down. Let's see, as, uh, yeah, good scent buses down to Sunset Strip to round up about 100 extras for a party, as they called it. Dude. Dude. Come listen to these four guys who used to be on a TV show, now they try to play their own instruments, and it's just like totally freak out. <laughs> I'm sure no one mentioned the monkeys to get Again, these guys off the street. Quote unquote, utter bloody shambles. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and I guess that's it in a nutshell. It was. And then, uh, and then of course, like I say, they buried it across from the Oscars, and it's yeah. just you know. One thing I wanted to mention was, uh, whenever you look up information about the special, they talk about how it was uh, housed in New York City's uh, Museum of Television and Radio. Mm-hmm. And what was funny, being a fan with a friend in the early 80s, we used to talk about, seriously, sometimes, do we, do we plan a trip up there? Because we'd found out about Head, mm-hmm. um, if nothing else, through the, um, through the releases of uh, the bootleg. Mm-hmm. Not the bootleg. Let me see. Um, whenever you look up information on 33 and a third, they always talk about how copies of it are housed in the... Uh, Museum of Radio and Television in New York, and in the early 80s, I had a friend that was into the monkeys with me, and we would talk sometimes seriously at times, um, organizing a trip up there, because we were convinced that's the only way we're ever going to see Head, mm-hmm. or 33 and a third. Only way we knew about them was from articles, uh, we got the, uh, going and buying old albums, we had the uh, Head soundtrack, mm-hmm. the Japanese early 80s uh, oh, yeah. vinyl re-releases, thanks to their popularity in Japan at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird now to think about how everything is available, that here are these two high schoolers thinking, I guess we got to go and sit with headphones in a cubby in this museum in New York to watch these things and say we saw them mm-hmm. and then come back and report. Yeah. But it's so weird to think about how it's all available now. I think the one thing that jumps out at me is people have talked about, some people have talked about how disjointed and how jumbled head appears because of the editing this is even worse. It is. This is like they took Head, put it in a mix master, and put it on puree. Funny you should mention that. Didn't we read somewhere how in some parts of the country this was broadcast out of order? The segments? I think so. I read so. that in a few places. So, and like, like it matters if yeah. you think about it. Now, Head, again, like Mike said, Head is at least art. Yeah. This is, we filmed the high school yeah, version this is, of this Hell's a Pop. <laughs> this, this is our last contractual obligation thing. Yeah. Uh, but 
Yeah. I mean, it is part of it, it is part of the history. It's it's canon. It's it, it's it's how people. You know, it's how it ended with a thud. And you know, I got to at least weigh in with the guys. They always said we didn't want to do one more monkey TV show. episode. Yeah. You got to give them credit. This this and head. That's not one more monkeys episode. No. You know, but better for worse. Like I say, it would have been. I think it would have been more in their benefit if they even wanted to try. Because I don't think they wanted to try. I think they just said, screw it, we'll just go, you know, we got to do this. But if they had done the variety show with them playing, and even with Sam and the, even if you had Sam and a good, even having a backup band. But, you know, you know, we got what we got. And, you know, that's what I would have liked to see. Just have the guys where they perform maybe six live Cuts and even you can hype the new stuff. Yeah, we got to play last week in the Clarksville. Here's our new single, Someday Man, or whatever. Yeah, and then have segments with here's our guests. Mm-hmm. They were leaning toward that in the final episodes of the last season. Yep, here's have some comedy, up. maybe. Hey, you've seen this guy laughing. Here's Artie Johnson for a sketch or two yeah. with us in it or not. Yeah, and you know, I know it's all hindsight, but yeah, so. That is our review, our discussion of 33 and a third revolutions per monkey. You have, fin- you have the final quote from David, yes sir. Yes, Davey told at one point, I don't know when this quote is, he told 16 Magazine, quote, I think one day that TV special will have more meaning than it does at the moment. I think that we were a little bit of ahead of our time in doing it, unquote. And here, <laughs> and here, we, and here we are in 2019 talking about this TV special. Talking about it and still wondering what the hell happened <laughs> No, what but, the but, hell just happened? No, but he was right. It has yeah, much more meaning, meaning it's not just some stupid thing that... Oh, it's not just a throwaway episode. Off. Yeah, like, like a failed... Like they did pi- back then. Like a failed pilot. So He was right again. But Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. I meant to tell you, uh, since you just talking about stumping me earlier, uh, on the last thing you posted, on the posted group page with the... Um, was it Silverado? No, not... Uh, the Tombstone thing. You stumped me. Because, like you said, no no guesses for me. I would have failed wow. miserably on that. So, Well, the minute I saw Billy Bob, I'm like, famous, world-famous Monkees fan. He always mentions him in interviews. And then here comes Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. old studio friend of Davies. Mm-hmm. And then there's... Um, the connection with his dad. The connection with his dad also being in the pilot. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, Val Kilmer. Yep. I shouldn't have to tell fans what his connection is. <laughs> I'm... I'm the worst Batman. It's like, you know. No, no, I just mean he wore a monkey shirt in Real oh, Genius. That's true. I've never seen Real Genius, so I couldn't. Wow. I well, everyone talked about it on our page, yeah, too. I know. 20 floggings for you. Report to the torture chamber immediately. Oh, does that mean I have to watch Ant Man and the Wasp? No, you got to watch Batman forever. Oh, okay. You called it yourself. Yeah, you right. call it your own punishment. Can I, can I substitute Batman and Robin for it then? If you want, boy, you really are a masochist. No, I like Jim Carrey and... and no, that's Jim. Batman Forever. Oh, that's Batman that's Forever? That's what I call the good Batman movie. Okay, yeah. That, Batman uh, and Robin is Poison Ivy and uh, Bane. This is, and this is why Superman works alone. What froze the dinosaurs, Batman? The Ice Age. All right, yeah. everybody, chill. They pump you up. The bicep, you get the blood in the bicep in the gym, and you pump to 100 pounds, 150 pounds. You get the blood, it goes in the bicep. <laughs> thank you, Arnold. I'm so glad. Thank you, Hans. Which one was that? Hans or Franz that you were doing we, there? We pump you up. We pump you up. I'm in the gym all day. It's like a, it's like a paradise with the blood in the bicep. All right, enough of that. <laughs> enough. Enough. All right, now. Well, Alan has uh, stepped away from the mic. He's leaned back because he wants me to uh, introduce the remix 
without a certain uh, somebody overtaking his persona. And I'm sure he's going to... Oh, wait. Uh, it didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, uh, uh. 321K, CHS, that time of the real Don Steele. It's remix time again on the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast. And Al Bigley, I understand you have a 33 and a third revolutions per monkey remix to go. Tell us all about it, monkeys. Boy, it doesn't take a lot, does it? Oh, man. Oh, he's turning back to normal now. Anyway, I actually remixed this years ago. I always loved the song Naked Persimmon, but I wanted more of the rock portion and less of the country portion. So I took what was then a new release from Rhino, from Instant Replay. I think they gave us the instrumental backing, mm-hmm. I think. Took it and I played with it a bit. Um, and just stretched it out to make it again more of the rock and less of the country. So to start, I used a vocalist, a vocal-less track, um, like I just said. I removed the last country stanza of the tune, combining it with the vocals. Uh, I'm way off. So what I did again, I used the, uh, the instrumental backing that Rhino provided us and just stretched out the rock portions a little bit more in the front, middle, and end. I layered in Michael's vocals from, um, gosh, I'm not sure what source. I think Rhino also gave us mono uh, versions of some of these songs taped off of the uh, soundtrack for the show. Anyway, I let Michael's voice bounce from left to right channel, kind of getting that dichotomy that he was showing us in the, uh, the bit from the special letting the two sides, quote, argue with each other. I added my own backing vocals and harmonies here and there. I put in shakers and cowbell, hand claps, harmonica. Wait, wait. More cowbell? Slap. More cowbell? You know what every song needs? More cowbell. It needs more cowbell. Vibra slap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, general percussion throughout, some drumming. To recreate this song, I, I got it just where I wanted it. It's, it's got a little more uh, of a psychedelic feel and just more of the rock portions and, uh, and like that. So without further ado, here is Don Steele, the fake Don Steele, let's, let's be honest, to tell you, to take you into the song. 321K, it's the time of the real fake Don Steele. Here it is, that monkey's exclusive from Al Bigley, Naked Persimmon. Monkeys! The Persimmon, one. Somebody's preaching about the wonder world. 
Shortly after I made the audio remix, I decided to try my hand cutting together a video for it using footage from 33 and a third. And you can find that video on my uh, Monkeys Remix page itself, which is monkeysremix.blogspot.com. It's on the very first page. Or just go to YouTube and look up Naked Persimmon Remix, I think it is. Yes. Well, it's right here. Yep. Monkeys Naked Persimmon Remix. And I think I did a pretty good job with... Uh, mm-hmm with, um, you know, the video portion of this. Of course, my remix is longer and has different segments, so it was a... I couldn't just run the traditional uh, it, 33 and a third uh, footage with the song. It's not one of those extendo remix like they used to have in the 80s. It's an hour and a half long. Yeah. Okay. With a, with a big disco track. Yeah, really. Okay, cool. Well, you can dance for this if you're kind of schizophrenic, but, you know, hey. I always dance with myself. I dance and dancing with myself? That's Wait a minute. another 80s hit. <laughs> All 80s all the time. Billy Idol. Music, MTV, music, television. Billy Idol. This is Shadow Stevens here. Oh, God. With my perfect hair. By the way, another sidebar. Mm -hmm. So people, you remember our our buddy, Arrow Collins. Right. uh, He actually auditioned. For the Monkees? No, for American Top 40. And it was down to him and Shadow Stevens. Wow. Yeah. Great. And Arrow plugs into our podcast because you will hear in previous episodes. That's right. Alan and Arrow jointly attacking a Mr. Michael Nesmith. Attacking in, him? Well, you know, in a... Uh, uh, in a no, no. Uh, in, in conversating with him. Rumin- reminiscing and ruminating. But no, if our faithful listeners will refer back to previous episodes, they can hear you and Arrow interviewing some guy named Nishwash? Yes, that's correct. Nesmith. Our that's Seven Minutes with Michael times two. That's a book, isn't it? My Seven Minutes with Michael? Uh, that's, I don't know. Is that from, never mind. Somebody write a book called My Seven Minutes with Michael. Nishwash. M.D. <laughs> Nishwash M.D.? <laughs> now, that's not to be confused with our own interview with Mr. Nesmith. That's right. It's all on episode seventeen. Look at that! He's got a mind like a like a like a bear uh, trap. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's sprung. Yes, that's, that's sprung with a bad spring. You've got a memory like uh, like uh, I don't know. And mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know, they say the the memory's the first thing to go, and I forget what the second one is. So no, the memory's the second thing that goes. Okay, do we inter- do we introduce our second well, part? Well, what, yeah, since you brought it up, we should plug the blog page site, which is TPCHC monkeyscast.blogspot.com Man, I used to do TCTP, man. <laughs> Back in the day. Jamie Telgren. Thank you. Paging Frodo's Queen. Paging Frodo's Queen. Party of party of six corn, six cobs? A bushel, a bushel or a peck? 
TCTP, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, got some good stuff. All right. So. Yeah, go now. to our page, see things, hear things, experience things. The colors, man. Dude. The colors. I'm having Dude. flashbacks to the Brian Auger, Julie Jerusco costumes already, man. Dude, fifth generation yeah, really. bootleg, oh, dude. <laughs> Who needs drugs with that, man? man that, that, you know, they were so vibrant, but by the time you get to the fifth generation, they're all flat pastel. I saw colors. <laughs> or watercolors. I saw colors I, I can't describe. Because <laughs> they don't exist anymore. Dude. All right, now, moving on and making a complete left turn here. I knew I should have taken that left plane at Albuquerque, you know, but it's time now for part two of our latest interview. And as I said last time, this was one of the most enchanting hours we spent. This woman, our guest, has t- tells some amazing stories. And as I said, you can't drop a name without her telling a story. She's knowing a story about that person. So without further that they do shenanigans... We hope you enjoyed the first part. Here's part two of our interview with the enchanting Valerie Kiris Vinay. Hopefully I don't blow it. No. You won't. No. no. Not this morning. I think you're in. By the way, by the way, I want to talk a little bit about my my little sister, Coco Dolenz. Oh, yes. Okay. Please do. You know, she is going to be... um, you know, she has her own show that she does, mm-hmm. and it's an American songbook. It's, uh, you know, Songs of Irving Berlin, and it's a completely different thing. It's not rock and roll, mm-hmm. and she is so brilliant in this show. She's just absolutely brilliant, and on February 8th at the Coffee Gallery backstage in Altadena, California, Please come and see this brilliant young lady, please, if you're in California, because uh, it's a show that you uh, will really, really enjoy. Coco is great. She's great. And that reminds me, you and I in our previous... I adore her, yeah. You and I on our previous phone conversations talked about uh, you may be helping us get uh, Coco's brother in an interview. What's his name? Mickey something? Well, I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't help uh, get anybody on. Right. You know, I definitely. You know, being in in the family, I mentioned that I did a podcast, and then right. if they're interested, the best way. I'll tell you, the best way I think to get get through to anybody is uh, going through their agent. You know. And uh, contacting them and uh, it just, you know, be honest and tell them what you want. I'm sure that, you know, he would probably, uh, d- you said you interviewed Michael, right? Oh, yeah. Did. Mm-hmm. And Peter? Peter, too? We have reached out to Peter a couple of times. Uh, oh, with, okay. With him being, enjoying his time away mm-hmm. from everything and focusing yes, on SSB. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not a situation so where not we've started yet. yet so. Yeah. So not yet. So you've still got um, got to get them. Yes. But um, gee, I I wish I had the power to you know help you with um, uh, with the bigger stars, but I, I have no no power like that at all. Should, should I tell her um, our funny our funny Coco story? Yeah, go ahead. She, we were interviewing her. Uh, she was our very first guest interview, and in the middle of the interview, her phone starts ringing. Says, 
Oh, it's my brother. Hold on a second. Let me just send him the voicemail. <laughs> so she blew Mickey off her lesson, which was which was fantastic. I, he may resent that. May be the reason why he's not. He may resent that. Yep. The bigger she, name on the other line. The other no, no, no. He's I'm not. Kidding. He's We're not. Kidding. He is not like that. Not at all. Um, he is. Um, you, you know, he's the best brother in the world. Absolutely. He is uh, there for Coco. He always shows up. He's so supportive to her shows, you know. He'll even get up and do a song. Mm-hmm. I'm just pouring myself some more coffee. <laughs> I'm going to be glued to the ceiling pretty soon yeah. talking to you guys and drinking this coffee. Well, um, but, yeah, he's, 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 he's amazing. You know, the Dolan's family, mm-hmm. they're amazing. Mm-hmm. They're the most giving people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just, and and it, I think it's because they had such a good upbringing. You know, their parents were wonderful people, yes, yeah. and um, and uh, I, it, it, I I I am so lucky to know these people and to be able to see them, and. Uh, <laughs> I just can't. Uh, I can't believe it. Sometimes, well, you know, people that. will say to me on Facebook, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're so lucky," and I go, "Yeah, I, I really, really am. I really, really am lucky." Well, it's funny that the the dynamic between Mickey and Coco, their relationship, was actually the first thing I talked about. I asked her about uh, when we interviewed because it it is really touching to see how close their family really is. Mickey, yeah. Coco, and then the extended families, you know, with Amy and the other girls and Coco and her her kids. Even and today. Even today, and it's like... And Donna. Donna mm-hmm. is a saint. Mm-hmm. Mickey's wife, Donna. She, is, she truly is. She's a real saint from heaven. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you that this mm-hmm. lady is amazing, and anybody that knows her will tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just a saint. She's so beautiful. And so wonderful. It's uh, they're amazing people, you know. They're amazing people. It's an amazing uh, family, um, you know. And I, I love them all so much. I'm, I'm a lucky girl. Our uh, our third podcast partner, Jody Ritson, who works directly with Michael and with Mickey on their meet and greets, has said glowing things about Donna. And yeah. You know, we might yep. even we might even have to see if we can get that would be an interesting interview to interview. Yeah, why not? So, but sure. We'll write that down, Kimisabi. How do you spell that? D O L E N T Z. Okay, no, that's yeah. after they got off the boat. So, okay. So this is one that uh, I was thinking about when we were talking about the early start of the second season. Did you ever get the chance to go inside the big black box they talk about? The black box. The black box. Always. Oh, <laughs> all right. So she lived to tell. I was always in there. We, we've heard. We've <laughs> should we had ask? Lights should in should, there we, should that, we go no further? That, uh, <laughs> they had different colored lights in there that would call on us. Mm-hmm. You know, if Davy, if they wanted Davy, uh, I don't remember the colors, but the certain color would go on, mm-hmm. and then I knew that I had to be on the set too. Mm-hmm. And um, if uh, they wanted. Mickey or yeah, I was I was in there a lot. It was just a place to get away, you know, from it all. Yeah. And um, 
it was very, very quiet, so we could talk and yell and, you know. Um, Just kind of like uh, a safe haven. Uh, yeah, whereas on the set, you know, when they're shooting, mm-hmm. you have to be real quiet. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you can't walk through shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and show up through uh, the window, yeah, the, the, bad, the yeah. window in the back of the set. Yes. So it's better to go sit in the box mm-hmm. where you can actually have a conversation, especially if you know, gee, they're not going to be using me until, you know, for another hour or two, mm-hmm. you know, um, then, you know, then you go in there. Yeah. The other yes. episode of the, the second box. season that you were involved in heavily is one of my favorites. Some like it lukewarm, and you worked with the, the Donald. Uh, I mean, Dina Martin was in it. The Geeter with the Heater, Jerry Blavitt. Um, and the the coolest scene is uh, the first of all, you got you guys in the in the girls group with Dina dressed as the boy knight. But I really enjoyed the the final uh, the final where you guys are doing. She hangs out, and all of you are dancing together, and it. That little microcosm right there, you could see, even if Mike was acting, you could see that there was a lot of happiness and a lot of joy there between uh, the four girls and the four guys. And it, it, it's really one of my favorite second season moments. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing that uh, a photo of that ended up in a special edition uh, Life magazine. Mm-hmm. I know the one you're talking about. You know the one? I've posted it a few times. And uh, I want to say thank you to Cindy Nugent, who who actually made me aware of it, that it was actually on the stands to buy, so I was able to go get it. Mm -hmm. Cindy is a a Monkees fan, Mm -hmm. and that was so sweet of her to let me know, Mm -hmm. because I don't know a lot of these things, you know? Oh, yeah. I live in my own little world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's a monkey song, too, isn't it? What? In my own world? Yeah, the uh, last album. That was from, there was a song on Good Times called Our Own Little World. Now, I'll sing it for you guys. No. Oh, come on. Uh, Me, 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 me. Do I have to pull out the shock collar again? Ah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) As you can tell, Val, we have a lot of fun. Al and I have known each other for almost 30 years now. Although wow. it's only 30 minutes. So. And I'm only 29, so you right. figure that out. I don't get it. I don't get it. Wow, I don't get it either. But, it must be that new math. Mm-hmm. There there you go. <clears throat> um, I wanted to ask about Dina Martin. Um, she is still out there singing her father's songs, singing her songs. Um, and she, you, you, guys, I, I'm, you guys really just took my breath away as how beautiful you guys were on the show. And it's like... For me, talk a little bit about, brag a little bit about Dina and what she was like when you, you were working with her on that, on that episode. Well, she was, she was very sweet. I don't really know her that well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was there for that day mm-hmm. or that um, week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't really know her that well, but she was very sweet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I've seen her out on uh, doing her music, and I'm really, really thrilled for her that she's carried on with that. Absolutely. So good for her. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, you know, uh, we, I don't know her as well as you might think I do. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. gotcha. But I do know that I was in her band there. 
And I've heard from people that I was really a lousy drummer, like I said before. No, I, th I think you do. You were a better drummer than the girl who was playing the acoustic guitar. I... <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, like actually, I was supposed to play that guitar. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the director gave me the guitar, and I looked at him, and, and I said, you know, I don't know how to handle a guitar, and I handed it to Diane, mm -hmm. the girl that, you mm -hmm. know, I said she does because, you know, mm -hmm. she was... Uh, dating a lot of musicians, uh, almost marrying uh, Peter Childs, who actually played on the uh, Fred Neal uh, Everybody's Talking, the mm -hmm. song, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So she, Peter Childs uh, played the dobro on that. Nice. I met Dina at the uh, Davy Memorial in New York City, and she was the sweetest uh -huh. person. She was so sweet. Yes. Yeah, and she actually I'm carried sure. up. She actually carried up her drag role better than Davy did. So. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that must. They were pretty funny, huh? Pretty cute. It was. Now. Um, pretty cute. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask. Yeah, you I wish I could. I could have gotten to know her a little better, but I, uh, I didn't. You know. Um, she was there for the one show. I I don't know how long it took. I th we used to shoot five days a week, so mm -hmm. I'm assuming that a show took five days to shoot. But who knows? Because you know, one week could have bled into the other week, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So, um, <clears throat> so I didn't really, you know, get a chance to hang out with her like I would have liked to. Oh sure. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you keep up with the guys after the show ended and your involvement with the show ended? When the show ended, I remember um, remember my father died hmm. uh, pretty close to the ending of the show, I think. You know, th these are really hard questions you're asking me. Well, I told you... I, I Do you know how old I am? That's true. <laughs> you're I, I just you asking, to make it you remember me. this? Do you remember that? I remember nothing. I got you. Well, <laughs> I'm making it all up. Hey, um, you're, you're doing no, an I, excellent um, job of it, I will say that much. Absolutely. Okay, one thing, that I, one thing that I want you guys to know is there's a song called Tomorrow is going to be another day. Mm -hmm. My brother-in-law wrote that song along with uh, Bobby Hart. Wow. Steve Vinay. Nice. Yep. Steve Vinay. Right. Yeah, he was a very good songwriter, or still is. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't want that one to go by. And uh, after the show, okay, mm -hmm. after the show ended... What did I do? I think I just went on working a little bit, and uh, then of course I uh, met met Nick Vinay. Mm -hmm. That would now that so. was. But you're you're segueing into our questions. Very good, Val. Are you sure you don't have Al's list in front of you? There? Well, we did go over our questions previously. We did go over them. Yeah, yeah. we rehearsed a little bit, nice. but I don't remember really. Mm -hmm. I just. About um, Talk about how you met Nick, and and give us for people who may not know about Nick. Tell us tell us what uh, 
tell us a little bit about him. We know he was a great record producer. We know that he he's well, most well known for signing the Beach Boys uh, to their first contract. But what kind of guy was Nick? He was brilliant. Um, God, I miss him so much. He was brilliant in anything, anything art. Uh, he was so knowledgeable about everything. Uh, one thing, one story that I that I heard the other day, I was uh, at McCabe's, and we were standing in line, believe it or not, at McCabe's guitar shop to see a show. And uh, Marilyn Wilson was standing in line with me and her husband, Daniel. You know, Marilyn Wilson is um, Brian's first wife. Yes. So Daniel, her uh, husband, was telling me that uh, he said, do you know that Nick went to court for Brian? You you remember the mad psychiatrist that had him dosed with every kind of pill, you know, that that fried his brain, basically. Um, Nick went to court and uh, for Brian and. Daniel said, he said, I was in the courtroom, and he said, you just can't believe he figurates around these attorneys. They didn't know what to do with him. So uh, that was Nick Benet. That's Nick Benet. He was very, very, very bright, really, really brilliant. He died way too young. He had just turned 61, Mm -hmm. and he died. Uh, He turned 61 on December the 3rd. 1997 and January 2nd, 1998, he died. And um, he died of lymphoma. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm hoping, I'm working on a project right now, hopefully, Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, to, um, to, to honor him. To honor what he was, who who he was, and what he did in in this industry, and the uh, brilliant songs that uh, he produced. Absolutely. You know that uh, people need to know more about him. He never talked about, you know, his uh, accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, here we had a family, and um, and uh, it, when he would come home. You know, it was playing with the baby, or we entertained a lot. Mm-hmm. We, um, I really miss cooking with him. He was a better cook than me. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, and he, <laughs> he was, um, uh, we really liked cooking together. You know, that was our, our time. And uh, he was just really something else. He, I, I don't know. Uh, pick anything out, and I'll tell you about it. He, we, we were very, very much involved with the American Indian Movement mm-hmm. and uh, standing up for those people, uh, American Native people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, he was he was uh, really something. He was just. Anybody that knows uh, Nick, uh, Don Randy, one of the guys in the Wrecking Crew, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, he 
when I saw him backstage at one of the functions here, Wild Wild Honey, it's called, and um, and it's for autism. It's once a year. That's happening in February as well at the Alex Theater in Glendale, and I think the I think it's the Kinks this time around. Mm-hmm. They do a show, you know, with a lot of people singing the songs of the Kinks, and some yes. of the people. Uh, some of the original people show up. So I saw Don Randy last year at this function, mm-hmm. and um, and he just threw his arms around me, and he said, Valerie, he said, do you know what? He said, the very first record that I ever played on, guess who produced it? <laughs> it's and, really uh, a small world. Yeah. And then I'm watching this... Um, the Wrecking Crew, the documentary, you know, on PBS. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's Brian Wilson, and he's talking about the saxophone player and how good he was. And he said, the saxophone player, he said, puts his, the sax right up to the microphone. And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm going, oh, my God, that's Steve. Mm-hmm. It's Steve Douglas. He, I said, he lived with us. <laughs> he lived, you know, we had a very large house, and he... Uh, Nick brought him home one one night, and he stayed with us for quite a while. Um, uh, God rest his soul, he's gone too. Yeah. Uh, but I'm in touch with his daughter. Um, so, but uh, you know, the other thing was is is that Nick had his own. We had a large house, and he was the uh, east wing, and I was on the west wing, and Nick, you know, had his. Uh, People, music, uh, assistants, secretaries uh, over there. And I had Play-Doh, easels, sleepovers, homework. That's what was going on with me, you know, because I was raising a family. So there were two different things going on. But it was not not unusual to uh, walk into the kitchen and uh, see Ian Matthews standing there, you know, and uh, or you know someone else. Uh, I'm, uh, so it's amazing. It was, uh, I'm looking at the list of people that he worked with, and it's almost mm-hmm. a who's who: Chet Baker, Nat King Cole, Stan Getz, mm-hmm. Stan Kenton, one of my favorites, Jerry Mulligan, the great yeah. baritone sax player, and then you get into the the more pop stuff: Glenn Campbell, Jim Croce. Bobby mm-hmm. Guerin, even the uh, the four preps, the Hondells, Linda Ronstadt, and the Stone Ponies, Lou Rawls, and what really it, the the two that really stand out to me. You talked about the uh, working as spoken world albums, the the two thousand year old man series with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks. Yes. I can mm-hmm. only imagine what those sessions yeah. were like. I'm surprised Nick didn't strain, you know, break a rib laughing so hard. Well, he. Um you know, he was uh, he was very funny. Mm-hmm. Nick had a great sense of humor. My God, I I just I I can't imagine him on Facebook. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, he had the best sense of humor. He, you know, he'd be running circles around all of us. He was so good. He well, was so good. And, and that's very interesting. Yeah, I I am Facebook friends with Stan Freeberg's son Donovan. And I know what yeah. humor Donovan has. I can only imagine if Stan was on, if Stan was still with us and still on, and on oh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Oh Lord, he'd, mm-hmm. uh, he'd break it, I think. But um, yes, 
yeah, it, it, it's it's really a, a, a shame. I, you know, I sit around and I talk to Nick. <laughs> I do mm-hmm. because I I can almost feel his presence in in a second in another dimension. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I know you're thinking, uh oh. She's going oh, no, up no, the deep no. end, uh-huh. but seriously, all. you know, I can, you know, or I'll, you know, or I'll complain to him about our son, little Nicholas. I'll say, you know, well, you know what he did this time. <laughs> That's your son that did that, right? That's your son that did that. <laughs> yes, it, that becomes his son, right? And uh, if he does good things, then it's my son. Absolutely, That's the way uh, all moms but, are. But uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he, you know, I, I, talk, I get to talk to him, but I sure miss him. Uh, sometimes I, I still break down and say, you know, um, you know, I just wish you were here. I wish you were here. I think we all right do now. that. For yes. The yeah. Lost, so. You're not alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you Absolutely. touched on. And, uh, you touched on this a little bit, but what are you up to now? And how um, can the fans see what you're up to? Do you have a web page you'd like to talk about or anything like that? I think I have a web page, but <laughs> I don't know um, anything about it. Hmm. Sounds like me and, and my uh, web pages. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. My, I, I tried Instagram, and, mm. um, I, I, you know, I... I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite one is Facebook, believe it or not, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's established. Uh, there's two pages. There's Valerie Carey's Vinay, who my uh, manager made me put Carey's in. She <laughs> said, "You, all of your work is in Valerie Carey's, <laughs> you know, from a long time ago and in all of the movies. And she said, mm-hmm. you can't leave that name out. I really didn't want it in there, but uh, and then Valerie Carries is the uh, fan page, but mm-hmm. I'm on both of them. So, you know, if anybody's listening to this and is wondering, is it me or is it somebody else? It's me. You can it's talk to me valid. directly. Mm-hmm. So look for you on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, look for me on Facebook and um, and talk to me and and um, I'm I'm approachable. You sure I'm approachable. Are. I know. I, you know. I'll go, oh, the trash truck is going by. Sorry, oh, but I, I, um, I, um, you know, I'll I'll go to a function and then I'll I'll see on Facebook. Oh, I saw you at this function, but I was afraid to come up and say hello. Please don't be afraid of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not. I don't bite. No. Well, maybe sometimes, but uh, a little nibble is good every now and then. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm. You know, I love, love everybody. I'm not. You know, I'm like, I'm like everybody. I'm, I'm a regular guy, regular person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it has been an oh. absolute joy to talk to you. It, you have provided some incredible insight. You are. And, and I look at your pictures on Facebook. You are always smiling. You've got a hug for everybody, and it's just—it is so nice to be able to speak with you. That you're that you're hanging in there, that you're still with us, and that at some point uh, we hope to be able to. If if Al and I ever make it out to the West Coast one of these days, um, you know, okay. we uh, we hope to be able to shake your hand. Should I answer your question? You certainly did. Oh yes. 
Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I, the um, My projects now. Mm-hmm. Sure. I have uh, something going on with a director that I worked with uh, from Spain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just uh, was recently, you know, he wanted uh, wants to get together and talk about um, – a, a, pro, a new project that he has. So, and I love this director. Uh, his name is Herman Esquerdo Valero, and uh, he's wonderful. Um, I did a feature with him called Turbulin, and uh, that's where I'm a 200-year-old woman, oh, but wow. I look like I look now. It's a sci-fi thing, and I think it's out on. Um, yeah, and, oh, I'm not a very nice person in this one, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Change your pace. When I when I posted a, a scene from it, a few of the fans went, no, we don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not our yeah. Valerie. Yeah. An actor has to stretch, and then, right? And then the second project, which I've been working working on for over a year, is um, is the Nick Vinay project, and uh, that will be a tribute Excellent. to Nick and uh, and his music and his life. So uh, they're two kind of intense projects, especially Nick's. And so um, that's about it. And I would like to thank you guys too. Unless you have more questions, do you? Well- no, we hope that you will. We, we would love you once the project, uh, at certain points, anytime you want to talk about the Nick project, we would love to have you come back on and give us an update on it. And when it's ready for release, we would love to have you on and we will plug it to death. Mm-hmm. So. And plug Coco, too. Oh, yes. Always. We for February the 8th. And that brother okay. of hers, Mickey or something? Uh, Jimmy? Something. Yeah, I don't that know. brother Corky? of hers is Mickey. Corky. Corky. Mickey Braddock, I think. Yeah, Mickey name? Braddock, yeah. And he and and he he he'll probably be at the uh, coffee mm-hmm. gallery backstage talking to people and stuff. Absolutely. He's um mm-hmm. he's a sweetheart. I he's think a sweetheart. I wish you guys could come. I, I, I do too. You know, but I will say this. But uh, you're far away. The uh, the karaoke. Were you surprised when he started doing these karaoke um, events for Make a Wish? No, I'm not surprised at anything he does (laughs) (laughs) or any of them do. I think Um, this is really energizing. No, uh, you know, I I told you he's the most giving person in the world. Mm -hmm. He uh, works his uh, hiney off with um, projects that give. You know, mm. to make a wish to uh, the firefighters, to the police department, Absolutely. to uh, you name it. He's out there and he's constant. Oh, he did the wild honey um, benefit for autism yes. several times. He's mm-hmm. done that. He does things for the homeless mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, which is uh, Kevin uh, Walks. He puts who's another amazing person who puts on these com- concerts for the homeless, raises money, and gives them 100% mm-hmm. of everything that he makes. Yeah. That's what Jody and tells Mickey us. And Mickey has, he's, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's, um, Mickey is, is an amazing person. Uh, they all are, you know. I just love them. Can I say I love them? Michael Nesmith, I love you very much. P. 
Peter Tork, I love you very much. And Mickey Dolenz, I love you very much. And Coco, I adore you. Okay. Now, on behalf of Alan Allen, I can say, Valerie, we love you too. This has been an, an absolute fun interview. You you are as enchanting and as engaging as, as anybody we've spoken to. And we have been honored to have you on the show. Well, thank you. And I love both of you too. Here's something we almost overlooked, something very exciting to all fans. Andrew, I guess, has officially announced there will be an official recording of the Mike and Mickey Monkeys show. Correct? Maggie, Mickey, Mickey, yeah? Peter, Percival. Yes, I did read that somewhere. And we've been begging since the 86 reunion tours. Somebody record this professionally, please. And we've had a few... Like 2001 releases. We got the like 2001 that. DVD. We got the Mickey and Davy stuff. Yeah, but as a duo. But yeah, this is. I, I think this would be the perfect rap. Although, as Al always says, what is it you always say? You quote that James Bond movie title. Never say never when yeah. it comes to the Again, monkeys. Yep. So, but uh, I'm also encouraged that sometime later in the year, Nez is going to do three days with FNB Redux again out in California. I think it's out in California because he announced it and then yanked it about 10 minutes later. <laughs> Mike would never do such a yeah, thing. Yeah, why not? bet. Yeah. Take his ball and go home? What? <laughs> no, uh, actually, it's very it's very interesting what he's doing right now. Yeah, uh, on the There's a Video Ranch 3D discussion page, and they're actually, him and Melody, uh, his assistant, are discussing all the chapters of the of Neptune Zamora. Interesting. So having a book club, actually like an online book club, so... Interesting, but I thought that was cool. Something to look forward to because the guys sound great. The recent lineup, the recent uh, performances. Well, this is the best backup band they've ever had. I think so. Not so um, much with the schmaltzy, yeah. you know, uh, horns and mm. the horny players. Uh, you, but know, you know, I mean, they've got. I'm not your stepping stone. Does not need a horn section. Yeah, but I mean, it's not you know, Vegas guys. Okay, you know, it's it's Christian. It's Pete. It's some uh, Buddhists are in there, some Jewish people. Rich Dart, um, Circe and Coco on backup, backup vocals. And, that was a joke. Uh, no, yeah. no letters, please. That was yeah. a play on Christian's name. All right. So, but yeah, it was it, it's interesting. So, yeah, we will hear from Jody shortly, and Jody will have a lot of stuff to go over. And it's time once again on the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast where we find out all the news, the latest things going on in monkeydom. And who better to turn to than the third member of our podcast team, uh, the woman that is the news, that it has all the news that is the news, and the woman who I'd love to have her frequent fire miles, Jody Ritson. Jody, how are things today? I'm great, Alan. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. It's uh, it, It's been quite an interesting uh, couple of days watching what's going on down under. It's wonderful, isn't it? What do you think of Nez's beard? I love it. I mean, it, it's more of a goatee, but yeah, I mean, it, I, it's about time he grew some facial hair back. He looks Amazing. He does. And it looks like they're having a great oh, time already. Oh, he looks already. amazing. So, Al, are you going to be coming to uh, Knoxville? I will be with, there with bells on. I'm going to leave Friday morning at 6 a.m. I'll be there by 10. Uh, I'll be there all day Friday, stay Friday night, and probably leave about noon Saturday. But, yes, <laughs> I'm not missing this one at all. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, we have some cool things coming up. Um, we have in July, Mickey has several dates in California. I don't know if you noticed, but he's going to be at um, 
at a state fair, I think, in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then I get to join him with Marty Ross opening for him July 6th at the Rose in Pasadena. And then July 7th at the um, Canyon Club in Agora Hills. Both shows, Marty is opening for Mickey. And we have a special VIP package for after the show. The VIP package for this particular show has been discounted because it's July 4th weekend mm -hmm. and so many people are out of town. We would like to be able to raise as much money for Make-A-Wish as possible. So we actually discounted both um, of the uh, meet and greets to just $75. And if they come, they get a free pair of Mickey's autographed drumsticks. Um just for coming out and helping us support the project. And I actually have discounted tickets to the show and the meet and greet on my website, www.monkeymeetandgreets.com. And then we have the week after, I can't believe it, one week after I'm going to Knoxville with Mickey and Mike. I'm so excited. We have Friday night. Um, we have uh, a couple hours at the Comic-Con, and then Saturday we have this enormous karaoke happening, and it is going to be huge. Um, I already sold out of all the singing opportunities, sold out of all the autograph opportunities. The only thing I have left now for like 50 bucks is just to come and join in the fun, be a part of the raffle, but... Man, I can't believe the, the feedback that we got for this Tennessee event. It's going to be incredible. I hope you'll stay for it. I wish I could, but unfortunately, I got to make that paper. So I got to be, uh, I got a Saturday night gig I cannot get out of. So. Really? Yep. They won't let, any, they won't let anybody do the show but me. So. Oh, I'm excited for you. That's an honor. It is, you know, that's, you know, it, nobody does music bingo like I do, so, you know. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Now, we also have um, uh, some more dates coming up. I will start telling you about New Year's Eve mm -hmm. coming up. We've got New Year's Eve with Mickey. We have St. Charles, Illinois, a VIP there. Um, Mickey's got stuff coming up with the Beatles uh, White Album. So the best thing you can do right now is if you go to my website, www.monkeymeetandgreets.com, all the updates are, um, are on there. Or even if you go to Mickey's official page, which is mickeydolans.com, his calendar is finally all updated with all of the events that he does that I do with him. Um, all that fun stuff is up there, plus Dolan's and Daughters information. And it's going to be, when he comes back from from, uh, from Australia, it's going to be pretty incredible. And Nez has announcements coming up. Um, we've got the lyrics to Papa Jean's Blues on special right now for Father's Day. So there's a lot of really cool things happening in the land of the monkeys. It's amazing. Those Marty Mickey shows are going to be awesome. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that they will join each other. That Marty will come back out and play with Mickey in the second half of the show. So. Uh, oh my God! Can you imagine? I mean, that would just be amazing. You know, for Marty, it's a really big opportunity for him. He's a lifelong Mickey fan, mm -hmm. so having him be able to do this, it, it's just a wonderful feeling, you know. 
Absolutely. Now, uh, for those of you that are going to Knoxville, and if you're if you're on the fence about it, remember this is going to be the only con appearance with them together at all this year. And I realize that the professional picture with both of them is is a is a might steep. However, uh, and you you'll back me up on this, Jody. You get to see, yeah. you'll get autographs. That picture will get autographed by both of them. So it's it's really a once in a lifetime kind of thing. And you know, as you always say, we never know how much longer it's going to go on. Listen, that's that's the key thing here. I mean, Nez was just talking today in Australia about you know his strange relationship that he had with Peter. Mm-hmm. And when when you know they never got along well. Um, not from day one, not until the day Peter died did they get along. Um, a lot of people, except the ones on the inside, didn't really know that. But even Nez broke down because you just don't know when it's going to be the last time. And so I encourage everybody to take the opportunity that they can. This will not happen again, and I'm so excited that I'm going to have the opportunity to be there. I'll be with Mickey, mm-hmm. but you know that I'm going to you know, go over and hang out with Nez as much as I possibly can. Absolutely. All right. Well, I know you're exhausted, and because, like I said, you have been on the go. It's like you're on the go 23 hours a day. It's like the old Mickey line. I'm the 23-hour doorman. I used to be the 24-hour doorman, but I couldn't take the long hours. I, that's exactly right. And it's, and, you know, I love what I do, but just like Mickey says, you get paid to um, travel, and you play for free. Absolutely. And I'm starting to feel like that. <laughs> I love what I do, but I don't like airplanes and cars and all that stuff. But I really have the most amazing life. And I'm so glad for anybody that wants to follow me on um, my Facebook page for Jody Ritson or Monkey Meet and Greets. I'm just thrilled to be able to take everybody along with this journey. Well, I know uh, I speak for everybody when we I tell you that we're glad you're feeling better. We you, know, you you Thank you. you you went through the the happenings and what was going on with you, but uh, we're glad that you're that you're back and uh, the rest of 2018 or 2019 is going to be one hell of a year. It's going to be a kick-ass year, and I'm very excited to continue on. We're going to keep making more memories and see what we can do together to try and keep this legacy going. Absolutely, and Jody, keep doing what you're doing. Have a great rest of the week. Get some rest, and we'll talk again soon. You got it. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you. Yeah, me neither. I'll be, I'll be glad to see me, too. So I got to decide. Which, <laughs> I'll uh, see you in a month. See you, Jody. Bye, Al. Bye. ta So we know by the time this gets out, Eric Oz, Monkey Man, is going to be chomping at the bit because our favorite dynamic duo, and I don't mean Batman and Robin, I mean... Frogman and... T- no, wait a minute. They didn't do Frogman and Tadpole, but... Cretch. Cretch, yes. The Cretch will be coming down under. So during the month of June, they've got three dates in New Zealand and four in Australia. So we know Eric is really just chomping at the bit to get to this. I had the Cretch down under once. You don't want to... No, no. You don't want to go there. Yeah, but the liniment cured Ooh, it up. It did. And the shots, <laughs> everything. Yeah, Eric is going to be uh, over the moon, and he can say hi to Jamie Telgren up there. <laughs> Yeah, the Fro- the Frodo's Queen floats about six layers of the atmosphere above everybody else. So I was like, but Does we, she lo- ever. we love you, baby girl. We love you. All right, so 
Moving along, it's time we delve into the prize bag, that, that big white target bag you have over there, so we what can see. What are you see. talking about? Yeah. I can barely lift it. Well, wait a minute. All right. You can barely lift that, boy. You really do oh. need to work out more. And you're the you're the personal trainer. Oh. All right. What do so, we have? Tell them what we got, Don Pardo. All right. So we have here another one of the Rhino Monkeys. Uh, what are these six and a half? Or are these, They're eight inch action eight, figures. Eight inch action figures. Migo. The Migos. Migo yeah. based. Migo based. No, is that, I can't tell. Is that Davey you're holding? Peter? Maybe that's Mike. Wait, ho, ho, ho. Maybe. Watch it, watch wait, it. It's Paul McCartney, I think. No, no, that, that one looks Ringo because he's got the nose. But yeah. we have we have the blue eight button shirts. One on of, the figures. Yep. On one of the Manchester Cowboy and one of our dearly departed, uh, recently departed Peter Tork. These are the eight-inch action figures from Figures. We have those. Figures mm -hmm. Incorporated. Figures Incorporated. Um, we have these in the prize package, mm -hmm. both wearing the blue shirts. We have a monkey's small tan shirt with the famous red guitar logo. Yep. That's still in the package. Now we have also, uh, wait a minute, we have something. But wait, we have, there's more. We have a sticker here somewhere. We still have, I think. The Hear No Evil stickers? Yes, we do. All right. Thank you, Jim Johnson. Love you to death. A free concert. Wait, it's a flyer for a free Davy Jones concert at the Cynodrome nightclub. Very rare. And of course, we're going to put pictures of these on the blog so you can see them. Yep. I think we're down to our last. Now we have two no, more. We, we got, yep, two more. Rare. Hear No Evil Monkeys tribute CD mm -hmm. stickers. Where else are you going to even oh, see those? Speaking of that, sidebar. Yes. Um, I don't know if I can touch it, but I, I'll let Jim know about this. Um, Mitch Easter who does the note-for-note -note recreation of Valerie right. is being inducted into the North Carolina Music Hall of Fame up in that. Hickory. That's, Mitch, I know you don't listen, but, you know, hey. He's one of ours. He's one of ours, that's right. He's, he's one of our Carolina boys up there in the foothills. But congratulations, Mitch. You earned it. You are an outstanding musician, man. We love you. And we're referring to his version of Valerie on the aforementioned Hear No Evil early 90s Monkeys tribute CD. Speaking of that, also in the prize package, a Monkeys tribute CD by Studio 99. This features such Wait a minute. Right, what do you covers. Mean? Is that what Agent 99 did after she retired from Get Smart? She you, was... get, you get covers of Theme from the Monkeys, Daydream Believer, Pleasant Valley Sunday, Mary Mary, and I'm Not Your Stepping Stone, and many more. 14 songs in all on this gently played CD. But wait! There's more! We have how many teen magazines? Vintage 60s teen magazines. Uno, dos, tres. One, two, tres. Oh, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Uh, we, got bule, six, bule. we got six of them total. Hey, man, monkeys. It, they include the El July Diablo, 1967 man. Teen Scoop magazine, which teen is, scoop. says, like, swimsuit contest win groovy prizes. Groovy, man. Monkeys it's on like, the cover. Monkeys on the cover, and it's got, like, the young rascals who Jody happens to be involved with, with Felix Cobbler. Hey, that's thinking. My Future Plans by Mark Lindsay, who happens to be one of Frodo's Queen's favorite people. And, yeah. Plus the stones. Oh, wait a minute. Are those stones. kidney stones? At our or? age, that means something else. More on the spoonful? It's wait a minute. Is it spoonful of Pablum? Pablum. Yeah. At our age, yeah. DC 5 by DC. That would mean the Dave Clark Let's five. not talk about what's going on in DC. All right, so we have the March 1969 Fave magazine with Davey. On uh, the cover. On cover, the cover. cover with Bobby, Bobby Sherman. Bobby Sheeman advice on shyness. Hmm. Yeah. If okay. anyone could advise me on my shyness problem, it's Bobby Sherman. Special wow. monkey section, the whole truth. The whole truth, folks. You can't miss it. 19, May 1967, Hullabaloo magazine. Now, these are kind of hard to get because they're not teen magazines that pop up on eBay a lot. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you have... Uh, well, 
Jamie's not gonna like this one because they've defaced Mark's they face. They did. Somebody put a big okay symbol on a Raiders Mark's face. Raiders color pullout. Herman Herman's Hermits. Mitch Ryder in the Detroit Wheels. Paul, some guy named Paul. I'm, I'm presuming it's that long head bass player from that, uh, the man with the flaming pie with the Beatles in the A. Yeah. Brian Jones before he passed away. Buffalo Springfield. M- I hope before he passed away. <laughs> M's and P's. Mamas and Papas. Yeah, okay. come right. on, get with it, dude. Right. And the Left Bank, <sighs> which uh, had a hit called one hit winner called Walk Away from A. I'm surprised we didn't mention it in our last episode. We mentioned everybody else's music. That's right. Uh, we played everybody here. else's music. The October. It looks 66, 66, 67 possibly, but it's Teen oh, no, World. No, no, let me take a look here. Let me take a look. October 1967, Teen World. Mike. All right, so where were we? Oh, yeah. Magazine number three. Magazine number four. Uh, four, no, four. So, all right, so we're going here with like, so we, we've got uh, Teen World, October 1967, Davey's Special Kiss, Mickey's Three Secret Women, Peter and the Wolf, and Mike's New Baby. Hmm, Secret horoscopes from the Raiders. Oh, and when it, oh, and listen, the monkey's flaming romance. Hmm. I want to test that one. Thank you. Flaming romances. Now this one is a uh, coverless issue, but the cover is still included. It, it's music maker. Oh, it's hello, a, there's another hello. Another hello, 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 Lady, hello, lady. Davy Jones. So Frodo's queen. Oh, the smoke in the corner. So it says it's October 67. He's talking about the monkeys in London. Davy is seen by the British. The Mickey nobody knows. Peter steals the show. I wonder did he put it back or did he get a good price for eBay on it? Uh, It's also got in super color monkeys, beetles, Herman, Hermits, plus the Bee Gees. Without beards. Right. This is a little before that it's time. Sam the Sham. It's got now, some really nice pictures of the monkeys in London. That's cool. Right, which uh, you can see on a certain blog. That's right. And that one was coverless, but the cover is included. Yeah, indeed it is. And yet another rare issue of Hullabaloo. That's right. December 1966. Beatles, Mamas and Papas, Donovan, the Yardbirds, Herman's Hermits, Pull Out Pop Calendar. Now, wait a minute, Alan. I, I dare I say it. I think this issue is monkeys free. Sorry. Because it's early on. It may be 1966. December. Oh. Wait, there's a monkey's ad. There's, a, Gret- there's a Gretsch ad on, ad on the inside cover. Featuring the monkeys from the pilot episode. Let's see here. I'm looking, Murray looking, the looking, K. Looking, uh, Murray the K the beat, uh, with the Beatles. Lots of Beatles. Uh, I'm afraid you're absolutely right. Other than the monkeys showing up on the inside cover, there's not much monkeys here, but it's pretty cool. Anyway. Dylan, oh, wait, hit the Batman some, and Robin fan call. You sure you want to let that one go? There's an ad for the Batman and Robin TV Do the Bat 2C. I often do the Batusi at home, late at night in private, for Mrs. Batman. Man Is she still my... letting you get away with that? And seriously. <laughs> She's usually asleep when I'm working. But yeah, this is pretty cool. I mean, this is this is something you. These are things you just do not see anymore. Folks, all this booty, all this loot, will be pictured on our blog. Now wait, we have to. We're leaving something out, Alan. People can't just ask for this. <laughs> they have to work a little bit. They have to go to our Facebook page. The group page. The group page. Just look for, of course, Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion, a monkey's podcast on Facebook. And tell us what your favorite or least favorite part of 33 and a Third Revolutions is. Was? Was? Is? And for those of you that remember the special, you weren't really there. Hey, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Do we really, wait, wait, do we really want to make it that, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll do that, yeah. We can, what, make it more challenging? Name Jack Good's next-door neighbor's puppy, and you win the whole prize. <laughs> no, um, 
All right, because we got... Tell us what the did thing we, was all about. Did, did we get any... We, we got some decent response for the last contest we had, which was when we talked about the, the different... Uh, the different songs. songs from the city. Okay. That, right. the, that the guys could could have performed. Now, yeah. that was... We um, we based that on response on our page. Like, yeah. talking about... Remember, we made a post about that. Yeah, we did. So, we spun that off. Mm-hmm. I got an idea. Yes. I, 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 Always I've had an epiphany. I, I had that too in the doctor for me to cast. I'm about to get it lanced on the way home. Yeah, but, yeah. All right. So since you remember I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. give us one, your best, one good, one bad, one ugly. Yeah, you go. From, from 33 and a third. And do this on our Facebook page and we will pick somebody out either in the next episode or do it on the page. That's right. At yes. Completely Random. Which means jo- uh, which means Jamie is not eligible to win this time. Oh, well, we don't know that. Oh, we don't know that's true. But, you know, she does send <laughs> us, you know, lots of uh, corn cobs in the mail. And hey, let me tell you something, boy. I smoked one of those corn cobs. I was buzzed for 25, 30 seconds. One of those Acapulco <laughs> corn cobs. <laughs> Acapulco corn is <laughs> badass cob. I'm sorry. All no right. idea what that is. But yeah, right, I so. assume it's something. Yeah, all right. So... Having gotten to that point, well, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to discuss there, Palamine? I guess that's it. I think we've uh, discussed most uh, current and past monkeys topics. Mm-hmm. We, uh, of course, still miss Peter and, and Davey, of course. Oh, absolutely. Always will. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you guys, before I forget, for all the support for the James Lee Stanley interview. Oh, did you get a chance to hear the second half of the Zilch uh, tribute where we I showed did. up? wonderful job if you haven't heard it of course that's on the zilch page um ken mills did a two-part two-section uh podcast Mm -hmm. uh episode blast where uh he asked us and many others to give our reminiscences about peter tork and once we stopped rambling we actually put something halfway decent together so it's kind of like the theme for this show uh 33 and a third and we were we were talking at 45 and then played it at 33 so we all sounded like uh, we all sounded like uh, Frankenstein Jr. from the old '60s. <laughs> we all sounded like Ted Cassidy. There you go. So, but uh, all right. Well, if we're going to wrap it up, should we, we we need to do the legalities, don't we? Yes. All right. Take over. As always, the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast is a podcast for monkeys fans by monkeys fans. In no way, shape, or form is it associated with Rhino Records, Michael Nesmith, Mickey Dolans, the estates of the late Peter Tork, David Jones or anyone else that's associated with the monkeys, including Andrew Sandoval and uh, John, uh, what's the guy, John Waters? Not the, the the guy from Rhino currently. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, J- Jody knows who we're talking yes. about. Yes, so. yes. Uh, but uh, as always, it's just a labor of love between the two of us. We've been doing this. This is our two dozenth episode, man. Can you believe it when we started that 20-minute episode? Wow. Low those years ago. Fans still clamor for such a short episode. Yeah, but we're going to keep doing it anyway, so... Uh, anything else you want to add before we the, wrap? This is done by fans, for fans. Um, everything is copyright to the respective owners. Yep. It's all done in fun, folks. All done in fun. Yep. And someday we'll actually be funny. So. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> we, we're taking courses. But, you know. The, bo- like, the Bobcat Goldwave, how to be funny. <laughs> like we said, find us on Facebook. Find us at the blog page, which is tpchcmonkeyscast.blogspot.com. There you go. We're easy to find. Absolutely. So until next time, this is Alan. And this is Al. Reminding you, as always, to save save the the Texas Texas Prairie Prairie Chicken. Chicken.
Uh, I'm sorry, that was the aborted impersonation of Brian Auger biting into the apple. Any of you out there can figure out what this is all about, you let me know, okay?